thank you for coming here today. It's me, Linda Sage, on Learning From Life. One thing I can promise you, there'll be people to meet over the airways here you'll never forget. Some, as long as you live. Let's just say, most have had what could be termed as an interesting life. It's not what happens, it's how you deal with it. And one line from any of them could change the way you deal with things forever. They'll be landing from all parts of the planet, all ages, backgrounds and experiences. Telling the truth of how it was and how they manage things may just help you miss a rock or two along your road too. And very warm welcome. This is the podcast Learning From Life. I'm Linda Sage and as always I have an amazing guest. I know you say every week amazing guest but every week is true and today is no different. I have a lovely lady and really global. She has been everywhere and like so many people wear so many hats but she is a professional broadcaster a speaker, a coach, and many, many other things. So this lovely lady is Ruth Owen. So Ruth, thank you for being with us. (laughs) Thank you, Linda. That's so nice of you to say all those lovely things. And it's great to be here with you. It's unusual for you, I believe, being the other side of the mic. It is, yes, because I have my own talk show on Inspire Radio. And so I talk to amazing people who've done incredible things and maybe they have incredible ideas as well. So I talk to people who interest me. So it's a a real fascinating mixed bag. So I've talked to shamans, I've talked to explorers, I've talked to people who are driving the circular economy. I've talked to all sorts of people and it's, um, it's wonderful. But it's, and you've done many other things as well, I believe. So yes. let's, let's just go back a little bit. And for the sake of all, all the listeners, Ruth Owen, who, who are you personally and professionally? Well, that's a, a, a very big question. <laughs> <laughs> if I take the personal bit first, I yeah. was born on the Wirral and I was adopted at age 16 days. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Preston. And knew from a very early age, I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to get out as quickly as possible and I wanted to be somewhere warm. So skip forward a few years, I learned to speak French and I studied it at university and I spent a year living in the south of France. And then after I left university, I trained to be a radio journalist and my big dream was to get into television, which I did. And that was amazing. And then I was sent to interview somebody at a race course. And I thought, this is a big mistake. I don't know anything about horse racing. Anyway, several years later, I married the man I interviewed at the races. (laughs) And we ended up living in Ireland and we had six children very quickly, one after the other. So in eight years, I found myself as a mother of six. So it was like like having a little string of ducklings following me everywhere. And we used, to, we used to travel a lot. So we traveled as a family. And then I traveled a lot with my husband at the time. And so we were always on the move. So I learned to be quite organized because it's not one of my fortes. So it wasn't when I was younger. But I think when you have that many children, I mean, I had five children aged five and under. Wow. So it... it required quite a bit of (laughs) 
logistics. planning and forethought. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's that's the the personal side and uh, professionally. As I say, I started life as a radio journalist and then got into television. I was so, so fortunate. And I was incredibly lucky to be sent to the North Pole to report on a man who had set a world record. He was the first person in history to walk to both the North and the South Pole. And he became a friend of mine. So forward, fast forward 25 years, I bumped into him in London. And we went for a chat and a bit of lunch. And he said, what are you doing next spring? And I said, well, that's a strange question. Why? So he said, I think it would do you a lot of good if you came to the Antarctic with me on an expedition. So I did. I went on this amazing trip to Antarctica with a shipload of, I think there was about 144 of us on the expedition and we learned some amazing things like how to rescue people who dropped into a crevasse and we walked up glaciers and we saw amazing life you know I thought Antarctica was just a frozen wasteland but in fact it's absolutely teeming with life with penguins with whales with sea lions with albatross how amazing are they incredible birds they never land you know once they set off as as young chicks then they they do everything on the wing they're just amazing so um yes we uh oh and the other thing that i did i (laughs) i bumped into somebody the first person that i met at the hotel where we were setting off from and i i saw that he was rather stressed out and i said I saw you at Buenos Aires Airport at three o'clock this morning and he looked a bit stressed. So he said, well, I am because I'm a filmmaker and I'm here on my own. And normally I travel with a couple of gophers and a producer and somebody who fixes things for me. And he said, I'm here on my own and I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I said, well, I can help you. It's no no trouble for me because I used to work in television. So I helped him do his filming and I was his producer. So here's where the interesting thing in life is, Linda. I think if you have an intention and you really desire it with all of your heart, uh, but you're prepared to park it to the side for a little bit, I think a lot of the time it comes around at just the right time. Because I think we have a connection to something that we don't yet fully understand. But divine timing is different to human timing. So this was four and a half years ago when I went to Antarctica. And strangely enough, two months ago, I got uh, an email out of the blue from this filmmaker who is based in Washington, D.C. in the States. And he said, hey, Ruth, I'm just connecting with you because, you know, we didn't do anything with this amazing footage that we have from Antarctica and all the interviews with these incredible people that we did that were on the ship with us. So I said, well, hang on, Mark, because I am in the throes of finding funding for this new technology, which will bring zero carbon hydrogen to the world. And I said, once we get funding, I'm going to make sure that I get funding so we can go and finish this documentary. 
So it's the whole thing has come full circle and just the hydrogen project has come to fruition in the last two months. And that was a quite extraordinary thing as well. It's something that I have been working on and working towards and, and having the intention of bringing it into the world for five years. So you know the story, Linda, of the Chinese bamboo plant. Do you know that story? Yes. So, please share. Well, the Chinese bamboo is an amazing plant because you plant the seed in the soil and for five years it does nothing. Nothing that you can see because what it's doing is strengthening its roots and it's growing underground. And then after five years, when you think there's nothing happening, all of a sudden the little shoots start coming through soil and you know what within a space of a few weeks that bamboo grows 90 feet in just a few weeks once it gets going there's no stopping it and you know I think if you have an intention in life then when the time is right and things come together as they are for me in this project the hydrogen project at the moment then there is no stopping us I think each one of us has something inside that is unstoppable. And if you have that belief, if you plant that seed in your mind and your heart and you have that intention, I think there is nothing, nothing that we cannot do. That's an incredible insight because uh, one of the things I talk about a lot is, you know, building the people around you from your beliefs and the causes that you're involved with and things like this. And that just reiterates everything again in another way, which is, is, is amazing. Exactly. And, you know, when you have something that is, is a real passion and, and a cause and a purpose that you want to focus your attention on, then that, that lovely saying, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It, when you are ready to go, when you're ready to send up that first little shoot through the soil, the people that you need to help you on that mission will appear. And that is happening now, Linda. I'm meeting some amazing people and I know they're going to add to the whole momentum of this project and I am so excited about it but I can't tell you all the details yet because nothing is is kind of fixed yet we're waiting with bated breath but when it's when it's ready to go then it will be amazing so then you'll have to come back and do part two Oh, yes. Yes, I'd love to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's such an amazing place. Antarctica has such, I don't know, legends and all sorts of things. But you not only do you like the the cold places, you like the warm places as well, because you've uh, had a lot of uh, connections with the with Jamaica and the Cayman Islands. That's right. Yes, because when I met this person at the at the race course, Mm-hmm. I then went to work for him in the Caribbean and Miami. And first of all, I worked on the, the publishing side of the business, which was creating articles for tourist magazines and books, 
that got distributed to hotels and in the staterooms. You know, when you go on a cruise, yes. you get a magazine to show you all the places you're going to visit. So I did a lot of that writing and I made videos and what have you that were shown on the cruise ships. And then later on, the company decided to branch into tours. So we had all these boats around the Caribbean and they were amazing because they had glass sides. You actually took people down into the hull and the sides of the hull were glass. And we trained a diver to go into the water and feed the fish and bring them right up to the window so people could take amazing photographs. And we took them over uh, corals and, and the coral reefs and shipwrecks and told them the stories of old and how the shipwrecks happened and all of those things. So I did all the research and wrote the tours for that. And then I would find the people and train them. And we, we also had, which was very exciting, we had a pirate ship. Well, it was a, a replica of a 17th century Spanish galleon. And we wanted to do this pirate show, you see, with people dressed as pirates and, and drinking rum punch and, and being rude to the passengers and things. And the passengers absolutely loved it. So my job was to find these people, dress them as pirates, train them uh, to do this show. And I, we were based in St. Martin and I'd been living in St. Martin for like two months setting up the operation there. And I couldn't find a girl because we had to have a girl in the show, you know, mm -hmm. a, a pirate wench. And there were plenty of women pirates in the olden days, you know, so there was loads of stories to tell about them. And I couldn't find a suitable girl. So in the end, I was the, the pirate wench. And I, I, that was my job. I thought it was fantastic. Oh. <laughs> it's such fun. <laughs> yeah. It, in that sort of day and age, that travelling like you were doing was not the norm. So did you have inspiration before to, to want to travel or did it just oh, come out of meeting? Linda, oh, I always, always wanted to be somewhere else. I remember as a very small child... We used to live in the countryside and didn't there weren't a lot of children about. So I had to make my own entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I did have a sister, but she liked playing with dolls and I never did. So I wanted to be out on an adventure. And I remember whenever a plane flew over, I would look up and I would just go, oh, please take me with you. I don't care where you're going. I just want to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I always had that ambition to go and see places because I think, Travel is just such an amazing education and you learn so much about yourself, about other people, about how the world works. And this world is such a beautiful, amazing, incredible place. And I think if you have that appreciation of all the things that it can offer, then you have a connection to the world somehow, I think. You know, gratitude is such a big part of my life. It's helped me in, in, you know, dark moments, really. If you have that gratitude in your heart, I think you can cope with a lot of things. It, it's very true. And, and also, as you say, sort of, travelling can be seen as quite luxurious, but sometimes it can be very lonely as well. Oh, it can, absolutely. Um, I, You know, I used to go off on these 
little trips around the Caribbean to go to different islands and write up about them. And I was traveling by myself and, you know, getting on ferries, going between islands uh, or, or planes. And I remember once I turned up for this early morning flight out of St. Thomas to go somewhere else and nobody told me the flight was cancelled so I, <laughs> I was stuck at the airport on my own at five in the morning um, and yes it is it can be quite miserable but I think it was a lot a lot more relaxed 20 30 years ago I think before 9-11 that was when the world changed dramatically when in travel terms and and now, of course, with Corona and all the rules and regulations when you're traveling, especially by air, it makes it it takes away some of the enjoyment. You know, it was it was great fun when you had a you know, do you remember the paper tickets you oh, know, yes. be before the days <laughs> of the Internet? Yeah. Well, it used to be a hobby of mine to to try and see if I could get away with using somebody else's ticket. <laughs> so. You had to show your passport and then you had to show your ticket and they had to match up the names. So I used to try all sorts of tricks to see if I could get away with using somebody else's ticket that was out of date. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the scare you'd put up now if you did it. <laughs> well, I know you couldn't get away with it now. So it was a lot more fun in those days, really. So have your children all grown up with the, the wonderlust as well? They have, yes, uh, because my oldest, who's now 23, he went to live in Australia for a little while and worked in Melbourne because he just mm -hmm. liked Melbourne and wanted to be there for a while. And then he went to Miami and he knows people in Miami, so he stayed and worked there for a few months and has now settled in London for the time being, but I'm sure he won't be there forever. And then I have a, a, a daughter who's just moved to London. She was with me for a few months, but she's mo moved to London and started her job today. So <laughs> I don't know how that will work with lockdown. Oof. but <laughs> yeah, For four days, a new job for four days. <laughs> I know. So then my third child, uh, Lucy, she is at Florida State University. Mm -hmm. She wanted to go and study in the States. But of course, that's a, that's a little bit strange at the moment with the lockdown and yeah. um, you know travel restrictions. So she's she's over here for the time being. And then I have two more daughters who also I think want to go and study in the states. And then my youngest, my little one, he is fifteen and he's doing his GCSEs. If they do GCSEs this year, mm. <laughs> yes. It's quite uh, traumatic in a lot of things for the for students, quite up and down. But again, finding new ways of doing things. Yes, and you know, it's it's a godsend really that we have the internet and and things like Zoom, um, so that we can we can all access people and events that we didn't have access to before. So I think it's an amazing invention and. I think it's fantastic that we've developed these new ways of connecting, even though we are a lot of us living in isolation. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's terribly hard for people. But, you know, I think when you're going through things that are a challenge, then it's always good to bear in mind that it will come to an end. It won't be like this forever. Yeah, yeah quite. 
And and, and Ruth, I know that you're very involved with uh, coaching and mentoring uh, women, and uh, you're a very very beautiful lady yourself. So yeah, putting <laughs> support out there for for other women is is a great thing to do. Well, I think when you've been through something and you have suffered, I think it is. It's not so much a duty, but I think I have the experience of going through something that was seriously challenging for me personally to then be able to help others. And and for me, that was going through the most awful divorce. And I think if I can help somebody get through it and come out the other side and and have hope you know it's a bit like when you lose a loved one you know you think yeah. gosh life has changed forever and it'll never be the same and I'm nev- never going to get over this I think time is a great healer but also you learn to live with it and to and to deepen your experience as a human being living this amazing life and if you can use all of those things to your advantage then I think that's the reason that we go through these experiences and and so I wouldn't necessarily say it's something that I would want to avoid I've I've experienced a lot of trauma but I think it's made me a better person in the end so you know it's it's all good really it's true that they say that you know, we we learn about ourselves when we're challenged. We don't learn about ourselves in the in the good times. I know. Yes. Yeah. Because that's that's when growth happens. Is yeah. when you're really out of your comfort zone, and you you have to really put up a fight for yourself. Really, you have to stand up for yourself, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about uh, your Inspire Radio. So being a chat show host. Oh, that was so fantastic. Uh, And again, it was one of those amazing synchronicity events, you know, because I happened to meet this lady before Christmas last year who lives in the same town as me in North Yorkshire. And I was chatting to her. We got on like a house on fire immediately. And she said, what did you used to do? So I said, oh, well, 30 years ago, I used to work in radio. I said, I absolutely loved radio. It was such a lot of fun. And she said, oh, there's a friend of mine. He's starting a radio station very shortly. And he probably needs a bit of help because he wants to be broadcasting 24-7. So I met up with Steve and I said, look, you know, it's 30 years since I did radio, but... I would really love to help you. So he said, well, if you want to do a a chat show, then do so. You know, you can have an hour a week and uh, interview who you like. So I had to learn how to do interviews on Zoom and I had to buy all this podcast equipment and (laughs) learn how to operate it. And then I had to learn how to edit digitally because, of course, in, in the olden days, we did it with a razor blade and we cut the actual tape and stuck it back together so this is very different but it's been such a wonderful journey and I have really enjoyed getting back into radio you know it's it's my hobby and if I can bring something to somebody's day where they think oh that person's interesting then um then then I've done my job and I I love that 
you have had some amazing guests because I've, I've been listening to your, your programme and uh, as you say at the beginning when we were talking, your guests are so diverse from all sorts of places and they have such wonderful stories. They do, yes. I think that's how we learn, isn't it, Linda? If Very you, much. If you think back to when human beings started, Homo sapiens started to emerge and what did they do? They used to sit around campfires and they used to recount stories about how they'd got their supper for that night, you know, the woolly mammoth or whatever it was that they had caught. And, you know, I think people learn through listening to other people's stories because if there was a story about how they escaped from a lion or, or some danger, then everybody else would pay attention. So the, the people who told the best stories got the biggest audience, right? And it's the same today. If you can tell a story, then you are halfway to getting what you want. I think it's all in the story and how you present it. And so if you don't have any stories, then I think you need to re-examine your life because we all have stories and we all have stories that are worth telling. Yes, and I, I think for so many people that uh, learning from a story makes it so much easier. It does because it connects you to the emotions and that's how we remember things. So if you can create a story that has that emotion and, and brings people in and brings them along on the ride of the story, then they remember it. It's, it's been wonderful talking to you, Ruth, and I know we, we could talk for hours because I'm, I'm so fascinated with your, your story and everything. We could go into a lot more depth. So uh, time always gets the better of us. So would you like to come back and join us for part two another day? Oh, I, that would be lovely. Thank you so much, Linda. That would be amazing. So let's just finish off with you. You've done so much in your past and you've got lots of things going on now. What, what's in the future for you, Ruth? In the future, I shall be turning my attention to moving this world into the renewable energy space and moving us quickly because we don't have time. We cannot afford to be sitting around chatting about what we're going to do in 30 years time it'll be too late if we want to survive as a species if we want this beautiful world to continue as it is without being torn apart and destroyed in all sorts of ways then we have to do something now and that will be my mission Fantastic. And we look, look forward to hearing much more about that as well. So thank you so much for, for joining us. And we will put up your information so people can uh, listen into your show as well, because it's a fantastic uh, show that you do there on Inspire Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much, Linda. Yes, that'd be great. Yeah. And for everybody else, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, stay safe. Keep well. Until next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded in conjunction with the Chapel FM Art Centre and East Leeds FM radio station. For more information about them and all the good work that they do is www.elfm.co.uk. And to know more about what Linda Sage is doing, her website is www.elfm.co.uk.
lindasage.com. Also on all the other social medias.